You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. And we're a bit early this week. Early? We're like a day early or something. Fabulous. Well, uh, everybody's going to like that, right? <laughs> Special weekend bonus. <laughs> we're going to mess everybody's schedule. Those after the show hardcore fans. We're going to mess everybody's schedule up by giving you after the show episode number 39. It's Saturday, October the 11th. We're a day early, as we said. Here's an idea. Don't post it till tomorrow. Here's an idea. I like to post it as soon as it's done. <laughs> okay, so this, uh, this week we're going to be looking at a small movie that came out this summer. Didn't, a little known, didn't make a little known franchise. Didn't make much money. Um, that's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Indiana Jones 4 for short. Um, this is a 2008 movie. It will be released on DVD and Blu-ray disc this Tuesday, October the 14th. And it's from our friends at Paramount. Um, and like I say, Blu-ray and DVD. But we took a look at the Blu-ray release. Um, and that's, uh, that's all the technical stuff. What I was I was thinking, and we never had this. Uh-huh. But shouldn't I really say what rating this movie is? Oh, good idea. Because we don't have it on our little thing. So this one's a. Let me just look. Do we need to tell people that though? I mean, it's a PG thirteen, <laughs> and this podcast is probably rated R. If someone's gone to the trouble to find this <laughs> podcast and listen to, what it, I'm saying is know. this is a PG thirteen movie, but don't let, don't think that this podcast will end up as a PG. Oh no. Because we'll say fuck at some point. Oh. Okay, go on. Nice. Or vagina. Uh, synops- <laughs> For <synopsis>. no reason. <laughs> synopsis of the... Yeah, vagina. Yeah, there's fuck no reason. There. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. There's no reason to say those words for this movie, so you're just getting that out of your system or something? Yes. Right. Um, so if you were a child and you were listening to that and you was bruised for life, we are very sorry. On behalf of After the Show, we apologize. And if you're someone who thinks this is classy and because he has a British accent that he's got some kind of like highbrow thing about him, not true. So, synopsis, what's this movie about? Oh. Oh, let's, let's preface it with that. We... I don't know what number after the show it was, but if you look back in our archive, we actually reviewed all three of the mm, right. original Indiana Jones movies on DVD. So we're following those up with the fourth one. Right. This is uh, yet another installment of Henry Jones Jr. Um, going on an adventure because we're in the 50s now. Indiana has aged a bit, and he's been accused by CIA, FBI, or whatever, of being, like, possibly a national threat. Or, you know, they were, like, really paranoid about Russians and stuff in that era. So he gets fired from his job as a professor and then decides he's going to go off and do something else. But he is intervened by a young man who says his mother's been kidnapped and there's this skull and... John Hurts in the Jungle and something else, and so we, um, Indiana Jones gets crisscrossed with him, and they go on the adventure to find the Crystal Skull, the Mother, and to that's it. Um, are we at this juncture? Yeah, that that is the synopsis, pretty much, without spoiling it. Are we going to be doing spoilers here? Because it's going to be hard so. to talk about this without spoiling some stuff. Um, like, I mean, like what the Skull few, is no. Who the kid is? Mm, all kinds of things like that. I guess this we could be to around you. the bush completely, <laughs> or just say that's it. <laughs> that's it for this review. It's up to you. I mean, 
if we're doing spoilers, we're going to have to say it now. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the movie. So, and there might be things you well, we you, talk about. The you would want to be revealed to you during the movie. I don't know. It's up to you. I think two, two the two main things we could probably skirt around. But. Those two main things is what I'm thinking of. Possibly three main things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just skirt around those then, okay. and uh, be really vague about the whole thing. <laughs> so. I saw this in the uh, theatrical release this year, uh, in summer. I don't go to, out to see many movies, but Indiana Jones is definitely one that it's will get me out It's getting to be less and less over the years. Yeah, and what I'm saying is Indiana Jones is one that will get me out to watch it. Not that it was a good experience at the cinema, as we've talked about before. We've talked that we didn't have fun watching Indiana Jones in the theatre. So, moving on to the Blu-ray version that we watched in our own theatre... It was a much better experience. Oh, I actually yes. enjoyed the movie better the second time. Oh, totally, totally. Um, what well, I'll say, what I didn't like about it the first time were uh, was a lot of the special effects. You know, a lot of the CGI stuff looked crappy. I thought there's a sword fight over some vehicles, and there's some monkeys flying around. <laughs> we should start by saying monkeys don't belong in this movie. We'll say that for sure. That's not a spoiler. Um, but a lot of those moments didn't look quite right to me. I didn't like it at all. So that distracted me the first time. And I wasn't that enthusiastic about this young man being introduced into the story at all. I mean, I kind of was, but I was like, oh, how obvious or how whatever. But this time, and then also the, the the whole theme of the story, I didn't really, I didn't really get into it that much till. This time when I watched it, everything just came together. Except I still didn't like the sword fight or the monkeys. Everything else seemed a lot better. I actually um, liked the sword fight. I thought I thought that was fine. It was very of that era. Like a, it would have been fine if it looked good. It didn't look good at all. See, to me, I didn't really. Um, they were like cut and pasted and like floating around, and they just didn't look right. See, it didn't didn't look that bad to me. But mm. the, but the. The mo- and the monkeys doesn't look that bad. It's just a really weird, like, um... It looked bad. Him floating across... No, I don't think it actually looks... Well, yeah, one particular part looks bad, but... Um, and I, I don't think the uh, sword fight actually looks bad. I, I actually have fun watching that. Um, and I actually like the actual fight. It's fun to watch. Especially when he's doing the splits mm. completely. Um, but the monkeys is... It's like... Shia LaBeouf character is like a tough biker dude and then he's on this adventure with Indy in the jungle and then he's swinging with the monkeys and the monkeys are all his friends and then the monkeys are gonna kill the bad guy it's they're re- not his friends well, they don't they're even all like, they're all, they don't attack him what no, I'm saying no, what is, is it's like he's one of them I think it's just that they just take off and he sees what they're doing and he wants to get where they're going yeah so but to me it all kinds of seem it seems like he, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a weird biker Tarzan moment. And we should we should say that situation is yeah they're in the jungle and there's a big action sequence. Shia LaBeouf gets tied up in a vine that sucks him up into the trees, and then all of a sudden he's surrounded by these little monkeys. Not that, just one or two monkeys either. A lot of there's monkeys. There's like dozens of them. They start swinging on vines, and he realizes he can do that to get where he needs to go to get back into the swing of things. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that um, was totally unexpected. But 
Yeah, that those, those are the bad things, and there's to me there's not many bad things. No, so let's no. get them bad things out of the way and talk about good things. Yeah, the good we things automatically was, go to me, for the bad. This time, one of the best things was the opening, where they're in the not that so much the kids racing again. There's like a sequence of the these young. It's the fifties, right? I really like that. So opening. the music, I liked when you get a little bit further past that part, but it was all really detailed. The way you introduced Indy, I really like that. You know drunk drug out and he's sort of in that you know how bond was in um um die another day where he's down and out and he's kind of like in a vulnerable position that's how india is now that we meet indy this time he's kind of like not in a good position and we get to meet kate planchett who i love that part too yeah well what i was gonna say is what i like is all all the rest of it <laughs> like, like every single thing it's totally to me like the second time around I was watching more closely as well it's to- it totally fits into Indiana Jones universe it's just older Indiana Jones which is exactly to me when they said oh we're, they're making an Indiana Jones 4 the first thing I thought was well Harrison Ford's not very um, I mean Harrison Ford's pretty old now <laughs> so is it going to be Harrison Ford old or is it going to be Harrison Ford's son or something? I mean, Indiana Jones's son or something. Or them trying to pretend like he's not old. Well, I, I, I personally thought it was going to be Harrison Ford's going to be in it at the beginning. He's going to hand his hat off to somebody. Right. And then somebody's going to do his a younger person. Which I'm glad that didn't happen. Oh, totally. Um, because it wouldn't have been the same thing. And that would have opened it up for a huge franchise that would just go on forever. And it'd be, I think it's good as it is. But for me, it fits perfectly in. It's brought up to date, not fully up to date, because it still has old sensibilities to it. Like, what do you mean? I just f- think it feels like an older film. Like, a, it actually fits with them other films. Oh, it doesn't completely. feel like a film of 2008. I agree. Watching it. It feels like, even though it does have, like, you know, without going into any spoilers, even though it does have CGI and it doesn't. It doesn't look like that, does it? I mean, no, it does. No. Like the it's part not... that you said looks bad. Yeah, maybe yeah. that does. But most the of the ants, it... there's like a big ant hill with millions of giant ants, and I didn't think they looked that good either. So They looked as good as any other crazy insect. The mummy, for instance. In fact, a very good comparison. Mm, yes. You know, those scarabs that yeah. all over. They looked as good as those, and the same as those, really. And, and it wasn't, wasn't any bad or worse. Yeah, <laughs> so. but that looked pretty fakey too, so that kind of bugged They do have a lot of parallels, the mummy and uh, Indiana Jones, even though There's I a wish gold they city. Yeah. Well, you can say that. They're looking for a gold city of gold. Same as, uh, oh, that wasn't the mummy. That was National Treasure too. Yeah. And they, that, even has, <laughs> that even has an element of Oh, Indiana they all Jones. crisscross over each other. But um, this, to me, it fits, it fits well. And I know that people don't like this movie in general. I, I've read a lot about, you know, when I, when I saw it on the theatre. And I come out and I said to you, I really like that movie. I, I actually like it better than the second original <clears throat> one. Right. And, I mean, uh, uh, Temple of Doom? Yeah. I, I really dislike that one. And In fact, you know, when we watched The Godfather the other week, and yeah. Godf- I'd rather forget about Godfather 3. It's the same with Indiana Jones 2. I just don't <laughs> like that whole... The mine sequence with all the children, and I, don't, I just don't like it. And that's no. the most of the movie. Well. I like part of that, but it wasn't a good movie overall. You know? No, I'm, and we discussed, we talked yeah. about it, and we did diss it. Diss it, because well, when we'd watch three of them, it's easy to pick up. Yes, one. definitely. Um, but this one, to me, it's what 
I wanted out of an Indiana Jones sequel. It's the Harrison detail, Ford. I think, what are, the, what are their names? Uh, Spielberg and Lucas, I think, those guys. They have an eye for detail, especially when it goes back to the sentimentality of their youth with the 50s and the details of every oh. single thing. The clothes and the cars, and it's a little bit romanticized, but it's such quality. Like, you can see it everywhere you... Everywhere, and, and every single inch. You see and Indy it is a romanticized whole yeah. the whole thing is supposed to be. It's what they say, it's based on the like the serialized stuff from the fifties and, and Indy the originals ones were based on the serialized stuff from the thirties, so you know, it's it's very um like Hollywood golden age of Hollywood yeah. kind of movie to me. Swashbuckling but yeah, modern but not modern. It's a yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like this one, you can watch it, and I don't know what it is. Whether it's like because they didn't really mention it, they gave it like a look that made it look older than it was. Like it's not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. um, Speed Racer. Um, uh, yeah. Look, last week looks really sharp. Whereas this looks really sharp too, but there's something like a filter over everybody or something. Well, we saw in the extras, too. Yeah, they use just film and they only edit in film with real film. not No digital. I mean, they add CGI and stuff, but... So maybe that's got something to do with it. Yeah, well, there's something... Yeah, it probably is that it's not... Like, Lucas is obviously a pioneer and so is Spielberg, and they've done digital stuff in the past. Obviously, the new Star Wars trilogy was completely digital no film touched it. Spielberg said he always does film and always edits it by hand. He War of the Worlds he was one where he digital it, the new War of the Worlds. Oh, but um, because it said he'd never had. Well, he'd never edited. Right. So like, they can film it on digital, put it on film, and then edit it. Right, right. So, true. But but um, capturing it digitally, there's definitely a different look. If you look at something like Star Wars, the new Star Wars trilogy, and Speed Race or something like that, it just looks. Like of like I was just saying, a film of two thousand and eight. This we just watched it in high definition. Even it preserves the look of a film to me. Yeah, he like, said um, when he hired the like the crew, the DP and lighting people, they wanted to keep it the same as the others, so they lit it similarly and you know composed shots similarly. So that's probably why. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It just this movie. You know, it's not a. Um, it doesn't look like a movie. For, it doesn't look like a movie of today to me. It keeps that. If it's supposed to be a fifties thing, it keeps the fifties. Yeah, totally, thing. but nicer. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, some stuff that happens in this probably didn't happen in the fifties, nor does it happen now. But it's captured on movie, captured on film. I'm not giving any spoilers away. No. No, I'm, you're looking at me as though I was going to no, say... No, I'm thinking of something else to say about it that's not a spoiler. Yeah, that's why it's hard and we should just spoil it. <laughs> well... Because we're just like, huh, huh, huh. It's like the most well, boring not. thing to listen to. Oh my goodness, I completely disagree, but... <laughs> it's just hard to say, you know. You can decide. If you want to talk about everything, we'll talk about it all. Well, we we could talk about the rest of it in this spot here, and then tell, <laughs> tell like, them like we're going to talk about stuff you might not want to fast know. Fast forward, 
We're at the 15 minute point, and our we normally talk about a movie for 25 to 30 yeah. minutes, so come back in 10 minutes. Yeah, just fast forward, give it a couple pushes on your button or whatever. Most people have probably seen this movie by now, so yeah. I don't think we really have to worry. So the things I mostly didn't like included, the first time, what I was saying, was included, you know, Indy discovering he has a son, and um, the whole, it's not aliens, is it? It's interdimensional creatures. Oh, you've just spoiled it. <laughs> you said we could. Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we said. Yeah, so it ends up with aliens, basically. No, they're not aliens. Well, they're interdimensional. They might as well be, because they look exactly like the aliens off. In fact, they look just... In fact, the, the grey one... Yeah. ...looks just like the one from Close Encounters. I don't know if Very it was supposed similar. to or what, but it just looks like an alien, right? Yeah, but they're not. He said specifically, they're not. They're well, I know they're not, but they are. For all intents and purposes, they are. Because we don't know the difference between one or the other. They're, they're things from somewhere else that look like an alien. Right. You can say they're not but they as actually, much as you want. No, it's not me. In the movie, it says... George Lucas. They're not. No, in the movie, it says they're interdimensional. They're not George aliens. Lucas told Steven Spielberg that they were interdimensional or something. And he went, so what do they look like? And he said, well, they look like aliens. He went, oh, all right. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so it really didn't matter, I don't think. See, that's the part of the first time I saw it. I didn't like it because... I don't know why exactly. It just didn't fit. It didn't feel right. But this time... For some reason, maybe I was paying a little different attention to it, or it, I don't know, just in a different mood, and it seemed to fit better. It felt right to me the first time. Yeah, I remember you I, saying I, you really, I really liked that. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought um, the opening was perfect, um, and special, like the the opening scene, I really liked. Obviously, they do the transform from the Paramount from a the Paramount Mountain to a little molehill, <laughs> right. which is perfect because they do that in all the other movies. And they use the old Paramount logo, which is another reason why it doesn't feel like a 2000... Because when you start watching a movie nowadays, the film studio logo is usually super-duper pristine, isn't it? And they showed you the old yeah. 1970s one on this movie. So that starts you off in... You instantly have a vibe of you watching an older movie. To me. I don't know if it, that works for you. Um, No, not really. Well, audiences, I, I, I believe that that does leads people way. into well yeah because like if I go downstairs now and watch The Exorcist when it starts there's an old logo it shakes around it's wavy it's wobbly and then the movie starts right. I know I'm watching an old movie when I'm watching a new movie it's absolutely pristine it's still it's high definition you know right. so I think using that at the beginning for this one specifically clever it was really a clever technique because it like you're going on another adventure back. set back in time as soon as, and you know, and it doesn't start with the Indiana Jones theme tune, which is genius. I didn't want that. It starts off with an old rock and roll classic. Yep. Um, which is I forget. Well, anyway, starts off the driving down. You know, it's um, you you know it's the nineteen fifties immediately. Yeah. Um, there's an old rock and roll classic. There's cool high school kids driving a car with the and scarf and the ponytail and all and that. And there's some out, and they're in a cool ZZ Top style car, and there's some. <laughs> Z-Z-Top. Hot rod, you call it a hot rod, and then there's, you know, military, and there's a bit of a light-hearted thing, and then instantly, the Russian fella, as soon as he drops to his knees, and the bullets start flying, kill a bunch of people. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is. That, I thought that was a good, it's real Steven Spielberg type of thing to me. Yeah, because you know? there's no, 
There's a lot of kidding around in this movie and in these types of movies, but there's also that dark... Like, the bad guys are always bad guys. Like, going back to number two, Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's... Those are some serious bad guys with that's kidnapping really grim. children and... I mean, and one of the grim there. scenes on this, seeing as we're in the spoiler part, was all the tribes people who've been shot. Yeah. All lay on the floor, dead, like... I, I said to you, that's a bit grim. Cause, it like, is, because I it, forgot about it, that. It didn't really have that kind of tone until then. It's not like the Nazis. Well, just that first thing. Killing all those... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that was it, though, is what I'm saying. It was... In the old movie, when it was Nazis, you knew they were up to no good, but these... You know, yeah. the only vibe you get from these Russians is... You know, they kill a few people at the beginning, and they just really... To me, the Ru- the Russians and the Russian girl who's leading them, they're just focused on one thing. It does. They're not... They don't seem they're that... They're not like the Nazis. No, no. They want to get they want the thing, and control that's all of mind control of everybody. Yeah, so that's the subplot too, the yeah. mind control. And now we can uh, now we can spoil stuff and talk about loads of stuff in this movie. I thought uh, we covered all the spoilers. No, no. Um, so Shia LaBeouf uh, plays Mutt, who's... I actually thought his name was Mud. M-U-D-D, yeah. No, Mutt, like a dog. I thought it was Mud. First time I saw it, till, till today when it zoomed in on his jacket... It said mutt. I was like, oh, right. Mud. I- <laughs> yes. Well, see, mutt. He's like a... I understand now, but I thought it was mud. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't That's have, not a spoiler. That wouldn't have been a bad choice. <laughs> um, so, there's a spoiler we could add there about him. What, you know, but it's really obvious. What, you know, so there's this young dude who finds in the indie and goes on an adventure with to him. To find his mother. To... Yeah, well, Indy doesn't know that, though. Yeah, he said, I'm going to find my mother. Yeah, oh, what I mean is he doesn't know that it's... I already said what he is. What? <laughs> I already said who he is. Well, just now? No, before. Did you? Yeah. Before we went into spoilers? No, no, after. Oh, okay. I, did, I don't remember. Well, anyway, I'll just say it then. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of obvious, and I think it's in the trailer, in fact. Is it? Yeah, he says, like, pops or dad or... Something like that. And he says, yeah, and son. And so, you know. Really? Yeah. No, I'll have to check that out. But I yeah, don't think they would have given that away, would they? I don't think all these things are as big a mystery as we think they are. You know, this isn't that kind of movie. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to see that trailer, but I don't. I didn't think they would have given... Because that, to me, is like... But it's really obvious. That particular... Yeah, I That was it. why I didn't like it the first time. was like, come on. It's After a- all these years, you know... Did the trailer show Marion at all? Yes. I believe so. Did it? Yeah. Really? Or did it just show him... I thought it just showed him with a whip and then fall into the car and then shows you... um, Kate Maybe I saw a different trailer. Yeah, maybe. I think I must have saw the teaser trailer, which didn't give any much away. It was just indie and... And then as it was released, everything else flooded out in the trailers, I believe. That's odd. Not really. It's not that. It's not a mysterious kind of movie, is it? There's no. Yeah, I guess the trailer never gave away the ending, though, did it? The big surprises. Um, it showed the skull. Yeah, the skull. Yeah, because so it's, it's about a crystal. Well, no, not really. <laughs> because crystal skull is based on a real thing. And True. Yeah, I would. I never even heard of that before. Ever. Ever. Should we explain that? That the crystal skull is based on a real skull that some people think. It's a real thing that exists, and some people believe that it was an alien skull. It's his real life, and some people don't. So it's like a 
debatable thing, I suppose. And that's what he based this. Yeah, on. and I, during all that stuff we watched today, it never once showed you the real. Because no, they said because several people said that there's several of them in existence, but I never saw. I've never seen one now until. Have you ever seen one? Have you been on? No, I've never heard of it. Uh, and they say the reason they're so mysterious is that it's made out of actual quartz or crystal, and it's carved in a way that seems impossible with today's technology, as if we don't have... Which is really but, interesting. you know, so people can attach themselves to anything and make a big myth, myth about it, can't they? Yeah, so, and <clears throat> George Lucas likes to base stuff on real. Yeah, he does. Real. He said that, Loosely. He? But he does. <laughs> Has to be kind of believable. So Star Wars makes sense? No. <laughs> it all's falling into place. I'm just looking up a crystal skull. Um, to see a picture? Yeah. Yeah, it, we don't think we can show that to people while we're talking. I can. I, I can. I can. People are probably interested now going, oh, crystal skull, what are you talking about? So, there's a real one, by the way. Oh, it's very similar. Yeah. So, Cause it's a- this article's about actual crystal skull. I, well, I'm not going to read the article. I'm just going to... Thank God. I'm just going to read what I am going to read now to clarify what a real crystal... That one's from the British Museum, by the way. Um, crystal skull are a number of human skull models fashioned from blocks of clear or milky quartz crystal rock. They're claimed to be pre-Columbian Mesoamerican artifacts by their alleged finders. However, none of the specimens made available for scientific study were authenticated as pre-Columbian in origin. The skulls are often claimed to exhibit paranormal phenomena right. by some members of the New Age movement. Right. Hmm. Sounds a bit shaky. So you think before I was being boring, and now you're reading from the from a museum do you website? Think, do you think Tom Cruise <laughs> believes in the crystal skull? Probably does. Uh, and uh, they've often been portrayed... Maybe Tom Cruise will be Indy 5. They've often been portrayed as such in fiction. Perhaps the most widely known of such portrayals occurs in the movie... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Crystal Skulls have been a popular subject appearing in numerous sci-fi series and video games. I had never heard of I it. I can't recall one video game with a Crystal Skull in it, but hey. And you've played loads of video games. Crystal... Yeah, yeah I really can't. Is it but... the DS version of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Maybe it was in... <laughs> there wasn't one. I hope Maybe it was in Lego... No, it wasn't even in that. No, um, maybe it was in one of the Lara Croft games, maybe. Maybe, because that seems that kind of mysterious thing. Yeah. So, so there's your lesson on the Crystal School. If you wondered why it was called that, because we're all familiar with the other things, right? The Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, which I was loosely, very loosely familiar with. Like, barely at all. I didn't know anything about oh, the stones from the Temple of Doom, though. I didn't. That's a real thing, too, apparently. Probably, if didn't George had anything about to do with Yeah, I didn't know anything about that, uh, but we're familiar with other the things. The Ark actually makes a little guest appearance in this movie, too. Yeah, it? I like that. Yeah. A lot of things do, you know. little homage to... The life of Indiana The whips, the hat, etc. So, um, let's. We've got a lot to cover on this movie. So, let's. So, overall, I liked it about 80% better than I did the first time, and that brings it way up. Overall, for me, and I'm a, a big George Lucas, Steven Spielberg fan, I consider myself to pretty much like most things they do. Yeah. Um, Would that be a fanboy ish? No. Kind of. I'm not. No, I don't want. Do you think I don't want do some no of wrong? George's beard um, <laughs> and some of his lovely mane of hair in, in a little bag. How about there. some of his chin? <laughs> he does. Oh, I, had I to think we mentioned it before. But George has the weirdest shaped head. <laughs> it's not his head. It's his this. No, it's, it's like his chin. If you look at pictures of him when he was young, 
He looked normal. His head is a completely <laughs> different shape. It's kind of Yoda. It's not just Maybe the that's head. What Yoda it's was like modeled the hair because he has like a pointy hair thing. And he does that weird like little swirly thing with his hair on the front. Sometimes. It's like really designed. Like, yeah, but his head's—it's a great head. But like Austin said, when he was a little kid, my yeah. nephew George Lucas is a genius, and he has a lot of hair. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> and he was just a little kid. Like that's hysterical. He is. I just—I just think he's—he's. He's, uh, He's unique in his fashions, he's, he's with great. his plaid and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, for me, um, as a fan of Lucas and Spielberg, a lot. I, re- I like both. And I think Spielberg's actually unbelievable. I think Spielberg's better than George Lucas, to be honest, in my opinion, as a director. Because yeah. Lucas kind of has done, stuck in like a niche, and George... And Steven Spielberg has done all kinds of stuff. He's like yeah. so versatile. In fact, he's that versatile. You can watch a movie sometimes and not even know it was by him. Catch me because it was can. so different. Terminal. Those are movies that you would never, Just, in a million years, think that. Yeah, and, and then he'll do like War of the Worlds or this or, mm. or um, but there's so many, isn't there? Minority Report and just things that. His stuff's different, isn't it? Um, Schindler's List. Definitely. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Jaws. You wouldn't know Saving Private Ryan was no. a Spielberg movie, would you? You know, unless you were told. Like, what? What? There's nothing to thread them together at but all. But that's a good... That's That's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. I really like him. He's um, one of America's greats, isn't he? I would put him down I would as, say people would say that, yes. Um, so that's and, the director and, out of the way. <laughs> Well, yeah. We talk about the director. Well, no, I, I'm not getting to the point here. So what I was saying was, I consider myself a fan of Lucas and Spielberg, and this movie. I'm also a massive fan of Indiana Jones series. Always have been. Grew up with it, as most people my age did. And this and Star Wars. This one, I know. I, what I've read, most people just don't like this one. Like I said earlier, to me, I prefer it to the second one. So. I don't know that they would argue with that either. No, I think they do. I think they really hate this one. Just say it's like, just totally a waste of time. And I say, if you like the others, just watch this, but do what you should do with every Indiana Jones movie, and just get over it. Just have a good time, you know? We're not talking about highbrow entertainment here. We're talking about adventure, and and like, you know... It's just, it's a fun time at the movies, and to me, it's one of those movies where it's a perfect summer movie you don't have to think at all it's not complicated in fact there's nothing even to sink you anything into is there it's just action and a couple of theories that are really nothing right but you can put your mind first for a time in the thought because this is like a fantasy world based in reality right some dude going around the world hunting down treasure in these sort of out of out of normal, um, what were we saying, like superpower things or whatever happening. Put yourself in that if you could go on those adventures. You know, if you just think that for a second, like that, that would be, if, think of like a kid. Do that 10 year old thing where you're thinking like a 10 year old. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool to like swing from that and jump off a waterfall and do all that stuff and think like that. You know, don't think like a snotty adult. Don't think, oh, that looks like bad CG and that... Oh, yeah. and, and he's, and he's <laughs> too, he's too old to do that and don't think like that at all. Oh, yeah, I had no problem with the age thing, but the CGI, I can't help it hardly. That's a problem for me. Now, thing, the thing about... See, I didn't think it was... The, the sword thing I didn't think was bad at all, but the monkey thing I did think was bad. 
But what I can't get my head around is somebody like Spielberg, one of the you know Hollywood's biggest directors, has all the everything under his disposal. They own ILM, you know, the mm-hmm. ILM's part of their thing. Why can't it be right for them? Like, why? Maybe they think it is, you know. Yeah, but and you know, and this stuff. There's also stuff in Star Wars where you look at it and it's a bit, and yep. you think, why? Why don't? Because they are the pioneers of special effects. Those guys. Why? You know, and then you watch some other movies. Yeah, you got some like um, just something low night budget. watch and day watch, and, and then you think, oh, they're amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I still don't get that. Like, be, unless, like you say, they think that that looks perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a lot in this one. There was a lot of um, fake lens flare. Now, I don't know... You I, mean that thing where it kind of bubbles it up a little? Yeah, len- like, when light hits, hits the camera oh, lens, right, you right. get, like, a line. Yeah, well, it, it obviously wasn't real. It was after the fact. Right. And I feel that that fake lens flare thing, which some movies do it quite sparingly, but this one seemed to do it all the time. I think that is one of the things that... Do you think it makes it more... It's supposed to make it more romanticized? I think it's one of the things that, that makes you think that this, this scene doesn't look quite right. The, uh, like the people... Do you know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah. Because if, if me and you were in this room and a camera's filming us and that window's there, maybe there'll be some lens flare. But it's, it's a naturally thing. But in this, it's kind of... I don't notice that so much, but it's, I it's it usually a big blue stripe going right across, and it flickers. But it's off, it, it's not. Oh, I don't think that's added. I actually think that's just they've filmed it and it got on there. And that I think it. it's added by ILM. I think it's like a if if it's an effect shot, if they film some stuff on a blue screen or a green screen, and it calls for like a matte painting or something at the back from ILM, there's never going to be a lens flare in that shot because it was filmed in under right, a perfect. Right. It was people against a blue thing. So they fake in a lens flare to make you think that it's filmed outside. Yeah, so that sometimes I think subconsciously you might not know it's happening, but something doesn't seem right, and it's sometimes that. Like you're, like it was soundstage. Like, right. And the part that you don't like, the sword fight, Yeah. that was probably all... Yeah, just standing in a... Around with the yeah. blue thing. So they added loads of it. But anyway, that's... The special effects doesn't take it away from me, really. Just the monkeys. It didn't as much for me the second time, but it still irritated me a little. So, let's move... Me, personally, I, I really like it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's... I don't know. It's bye. It's bye? It's a bye. Buy it. Oh know. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Put and it. In, I say yeah. You're gonna if you want it, put it in. Put it in the collection. Yeah. So let's move on to the cast. We've uh, all know Indiana Jones, played by <laughs> Harrison Ford. What can you really say about him? Han Solo. The, the Recently, my mother said I didn't even realize that Han Solo fellow and Indiana Jones were the same guy. <laughs> she didn't. Had no clue. Oh, come on. She'd never watched Star Wars until like a few months ago. Remember? But she knew who Han Solo was. Because Austin has talked to her about him, oh, okay. so he, and acted out stuff, but she had no clue. So, for some people, it's not obvious. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Harrison Ford's been in a billion things. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a fantastic actor, but he it's, fits the bill. He is iconic now, yes. isn't he? And he, from what I watched, some program about 
a British program the other week about Star Wars, and they were trying to get a reunion together of all the people from the old Star Wars, and apparently uh, the thing was that Mark Hamill wouldn't do it because he's always jealous of <laughs> And if you think about it, Harrison... Now that could just be gossip. Let's well, be what I'm real. saying is, if you think about it, Harrison was a carpenter, and then he got made into Han Solo, right? He was a film... What do you call it? Made sets for film, and then right. then somebody said, "Oh, he'd be all right." And then he ended up. Oh, he'd being, done television before that too, you know. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, and then Mark ended Hamill up being might... Harrison. He ended up being Han Solo, and then he's been in a billion movies since. You've not seen Mark Hamill, have you? No, just a couple times. <laughs> and not usually. But I don't think Harrison Ford's that great of an actor. He he's utilitarian. He functions. He does his thing. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, frantic is the closest thing I can think of to any kind of, like, getting lost in a character. You know what I mean? So that's my recommendation for the week. Frantic. That was pretty good. So while we're doing recommendations, I'm going to come up with a Harrison Ford film as well. Okay. Mine's Frantic. Yeah, Frantic's a good one. Is that... That's a... uh, Yeah. I'm trying to think of that. I was going to say Six Days, Seven Nights, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Again... Very functional, gets the job done. Okay, mine. I haven't even seen that, to be honest. I'm not an N. Hesh fan. It's actually... Oh, you know, don't say it. No, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, we, we reviewed Fool's Gold. Yeah. It's actually pretty much the oh, same right. thing. Same movie. Um, same movie. Different people. Same script. They just made it again. I would go, you know, I'd go with, like, obvious ones, but I won't. So, I won't say any of the Star Wars movies. And I won't say any of the Indiana Jones movies. Thank goodness. And you've said frantic. <laughs> so I'm going to say... Don't say Air Force One. No, definitely not A Air firewall. Force One. A <laughs> firewall. No, See, he's done some stinkers. I'll say The Fugitive. The Fugitive's all right. No, yeah. it's not all right. It's, I think The Fugitive is brilliant. Really? Yeah, I, I really know that do. about you. Performance by, you know, Tommy Lee Jones. Is perf- I love Tommy Lee Jones as well. Tommy... To- just that whole thing. It's just... Um, I don't like the second Fugitive. No. Not really, no. Not with the Snipester. <laughs> but I do... The first one, I think, is really a good film. Um, most people have probably seen it by now, so... If you have seen that... If you have seen it, go and see uh, see Blade Runner as well. Blade Runner's another... Oh, yeah. Harrison. Epic. So is that our three recommendations? Blade Runner... The Fugitive and Frantic. Yeah, we, are, we might as well stick on the Harrison sure. theme. So, all right. So, moving on to the second person in the cast, Kate Blanchett as Colonel Doctor <laughs> Arena Spalco. Excellent. She's. Terrible. I absolutely love her, and you know what I liked about that character? It would have worked in even one of the older. Oh, totally. If she if, if she could have been just took back in time and put into one of those older movies, she would have worked perfectly. Oh, I because agree. It, it was just a. You know, it's something James Bond about it, like a James Bond baddie or a... It's like classic. It's like a caricature, classic, but, but yeah, she really, doesn't make it go so far that it's farcical. Yeah, and it's not super over-the-top sexy. Oh, no, not at all. In fact, she's wearing you, overalls. You get the feeling like at any moment she'd just smack you like in, yeah, in the face. But, for but like... you know, like some of these things, like even Bond or whatever, and they have these women and they're like super sexy or they're going to be in some sexy rubber outfit at some point. They never did with her and it was perfect. Yeah. Thought. She was always just in a grey... Uniform. ...coveralls, and she... 
you know, she was ne- she was always and the hair and everything. She was very cool. She's just fantastic, anyway. And she does a really good. I mean, she doesn't speak in Russian. She does a little bit sometimes, but she does a really good English Russian thing. Yeah, I mean, it's probably our idea. Was, yeah, of that's a what I mean. Idea. Just a fake, yeah. like a fake. Yeah. Um, Stereotypical Russian, like English. Boris and what's it? What's Bora. that cartoon? <laughs> no, what's that cartoon with? Uh, you know, you'd never heard of it before, but people will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, That's I don't know. Kind, of, kind of a cartoon Russian accent, but good. Yeah, so she's she, excellent. She's great. Yeah, I thought she's a fantastic. She, bad guy. Good casting. Um, and a returning character, uh, Marion Ravenwood, Fabulous. played by Karen Allen. I don't think she's fabulous as an actress uh, in this or anything. She's Marion, you know. She was my favorite. Older and feisty. Indie girl from the older ones. I liked her better in the first one, only because I think she had more moments of, like, really interacting. And this was a lot more action. So we got a lot more one-liners. I think that's it about this movie in general. A lot of one-liners and stuff. There's not a lot of um, dialogue moments at all like I said that to you it goes from one action piece to another and even the plot the parts where they're unraveling the plot are done in an action way like the quicksand thing yes Um, exactly yeah yeah where that's a moment of dialogue but they're like okay what can we have there's there's never a slow like I said to you like in the other ones that was my favourite moment of hers by the way in the other ones they would take a ten minute they would take ten minutes out of the action for them to be in a library, looking things up, or yes. in his office, or at school. But in this one, no, they didn't. They, it's like they wanted, yeah, like they wanted it shorter, or well, not shorter because it's about the same length as the old one. I think it's just keep in motion, and if there is a moment that we need to exchange some information, do let's it have while them doing something while they're talking, or running away, or chasing something. But I'm still glad she was. I was thrilled that she was in it, and I'm you know I was thrilled with that she was the same, you know, kind of snippy and like. Smart. No, one of my favorite moments is in the back of that truck. I thought it was really like a sweet moment where. Oh yes. Where she she says he probably had loads of girls or whatever, and he says, and he puts his head up through the truck because it's the, again it's a real sweet moment. But they're in the middle of. So they all have a problem. They're not you. Right. Oh. But what I'm saying is that that even that is a real sweet moment. They're in the middle of kicking people's exactly heads in <laughs> and, and escaping yeah, from the truck. Right. So the whole thing is. That that might be the difference between this one. Um, what do you call it? Uh, kinetic. Like like it's always moving. You're always moving. Yeah. Kinetic's a good word. It's a good word. Word of the week is kinetic. <laughs> after, the show, after the show, episode 38, brought to you by the word kinetic. And the number seven. And Harrison <laughs> Ford. Um, so the next person's a newcomer, Shia LaBeouf. Well, not really a newcomer. No, um, he's old school now. Kind of. Uh, who plays Mutt Williams, who we're back into... We're not spoiling anything anymore. No. So he plays Mutt Williams, a young man on the scene. Marion's son. Yes. Um, and Shia LaBeouf, what do you think of him? See, we I feel like that I know Shia LaBeouf's career completely because we was introduced to him. We're big fans of... Uh, we were big fans... Well, still are if they carried on making it. Mm-hmm. Of a HBO show called Project Greenlight. Which was a... Like at the beginning of the reality show phase. Well, when reality shows came about. And it was by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And Chris... Moore. Moore. They were the producers of the Miramax. show. Miramax. And Miramax. And it was a competition where filmmakers... Amateur film... Not professional... You know... 
They can be professionals. They, well, filmmakers yes. can come forward and it's kind of like American Idol. They pick, they pick a bunch of them and then they pick, eventually pick one who goes on to make a movie. They give them a budget of a million dollars to make a movie. So it's not a lot of money, but they get to make right. a movie. Can we make a movie from a person who isn't a big Hollywood producer or director? That was the point. For one million dollars. Yes. Give them a million dollars and have them make a good movie. Anyway, we were fans of this, and it's available on DVD, actually. It's uh, And they only cost about $20 each, and you get about 30. Oh, it's a lot, yeah. You get a lot of entertainment, and... Not in the f- well in the first and the second season. The third season was never put out on DVD. Oh. The one where where they made Feast. Um, but the first and the second season, they're really good on DVD. If I was going to give a DVD recommendation, because you actually get the movie that was made at the end as well in the box. And all this is wrapping up because the point is, Shia and LaBeouf was in the first. No, he was in the he was in second one, right? Well, hold on. The first one was Stolen Summer, right? Which was actually pretty good. The second one was Battle for Shaker Heights. Starring? So yeah, he was in the second yeah. starring Shia LaBeouf. Um, and this was, like, he was literally nobody there. Well, he was in Holes. Was that before or after? No, that was after. Okay. But he was literally nobody because they had, like, screen tests on that DVD of him when they brought him in for the first time to see if he was all right. And he had, he knew nothing. Remember, he was, like, yeah. on the set saying, like, I'm, I don't know what like I'm supposed to be doing. Like, um, yeah, and now he's Mr. Pro. When you yeah, see well, him, he was oh. pro in Battle for Shaker Heights, to be honest. I no, I mean, you. when you see him backstage, you know, off oh, screen. Oh, I mean, he's not hobnobbing with Spielberg. He's just pro. I mean, he's, like, an old weather... Because that's what I'm saying. He's been in AI. He's been in... Not AI. Um, AI robo form. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention I've been up a long time? I'm really tired. He was in... Yeah, robot. Yeah, he was. Robot. Yeah, he was and in robot as just a little thing and Transformers and right. What's currently in theatrical release now? He's in Eagle Eye, so mm-hmm. and he's going to be in Transformers too next year. Um, I feel that from watching. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, Battle for Shaker Heights is a great movie because it's not. It's all right. It's, it's an average movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see it, if you want to see the beginning of Shia LaBeouf's career, watch it uh, and. You know, watch Project Greenlight along with it because it. I think it actually makes it better if you've seen. Oh, what, totally. Seen what it meant to the guys, um, but yeah, I like him. I think he's really professional, and I think he will continue doing this stuff. Do you think he? I mean, you could say that he was the lead of Transformers, right? Yes. And Eagle Eye, possibly too. Do you think he's gonna? always do these action movies. I don't know, but I think... I feel like he's a little bit affected right now. If that's a... I know it's an overused word. But he's a little... Do you know what I'm saying? He's... I think... He's not as casual and relaxed as I would like. He was a little more relaxed in Transformers than he was in this. I think he was a little bit... I think the guy can act. Under a lot of pressure. I think he could. He's got a real natural... Performer. To me, it's not like he's reading lines at all. It's just like, he's the dude... To, he, he sells me every time. I mean, Transformers. Um, it's a ridiculous movie, right? It's it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, I love the movie. Don't, yeah, but I agree with you. He totally... But I buy it. As soon as he comes on the screen and he's talking about selling his them glasses on eBay and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like trivial stuff, but I'm like, okay, I, buy, I get this guy. And I even get him when he's in a little role like in iRobot. I mean, it's just a little nothing Shit thing. Shit kicker but. role. But, um, yeah, I buy him. I think he's he can act. And I think, you know, he's in movies that people like Steven Spielberg are Let's making. Let's hope he now. doesn't crash and burn. He's a young man. 
yeah, let's hope he. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if he actually gets to make his own movie or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so then, we've moving on from Sheila Buff, we've got Ray Winstone as George McHale, and we were ta- I talked about well, American audiences who perhaps not familiar with Ray Winstone only over the last couple of years from seeing him in stuff might think he's a one-trick pony like oh he's just that English guy who, or that he's nothing yeah yeah or he's nothing he's just that guy who either plays like some like henchman or he's like the stupid English guy who's just gonna double cross you know mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is he was in Fool's Gold recently and he's also in this it's literally the same character but this guy is intense he's a this guy is an actor like I mean these first of all he's a hard guy He's a hard guy, right? He's, he's been in prison tough or something. Guy, like he's no. a tough guy. I mean, he's. I don't know. He's if he, a, I don't know. Well, <laughs> he's. I think you're he's gonna been get. In prison. You're gonna get an email from his lawyers. <laughs> Mr. Winstone has I not been. Say in what prison. he did. <laughs> but he's been in movies where see, maybe that should be our recommendation. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. We don't want to say. We don't want to say what it is at all. But I mean, he's been in movies that are intense, to yeah. say the least. Nil by mouth. Absolutely fantastic. No, by mouth is uh, we've talked. We've actually recommended it one week, I think, and that's Gary Oldman's directorial debut. And, and Winston is a, a knob, but he's fantastic in it. But yeah. I think he might be a jerk in real life, so that might help. See, these you, you know a lot about this guy. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> let me um, let me also. There's a mo- another movie, the one that you're getting at, but you don't know its name, do you? Family. You know, or something like that? Obviously, American... But we can't say the, the heart No, American audience are going to know him from recently, and they're probably going to think he's just, the, you know... They're going to know him from Fool's Gold, Indiana Jones, and Beowulf, and The Departed. Um, but, like, moving back in time, I'm trying to figure... You know this one that we're talking about? Yeah. Which we don't want to give away. I want to know what that one's called. He was in uh, Cold Mountain, actually. There's a big movie. Sexy Beast, <laughs> but that's not the one. Love, Honor, and Obey. Now that was a good movie, that was but that's not the one. one. But that was a that's good one. That's a good one, one too. Yeah, and he's a real evil git in that yeah. one. Yeah, I'm. Ta- I'm saying he can. He scares the crap out of you. I um, think the one that you're talking about is it the War Zone? Yes, yeah. that's it. Is yeah, he plays Dad. Yes. Oh, and that was directed by Tim Roth. Exactly. Yeah. The War Zone. Excellent. Um, do yeah. not have the children around, not even in the house, no. when you're watching it. And I won't say why, just don't. It's completely insane. Um, Warzone. And way, way, way back, I don't even know if you've even seen it, um, he was in... He was, in, he was actually in one episode of Alfida's Impact. I don't ah, right. recall him, but he was in it. We That's a good show. Um, way, way, way back, he was in a real... One of my, I, I just love this movie, Quadrophenia. Mm. And you, oh yeah, I, really got, I bought it especially to show <laughs> you it. Um, you've still not seen Tommy, but no, um, Quadrophenia, yeah, and probably the most violent movie ever. And he plays probably the most violent. It's it's pretty bad. Scum. I, I guess, haven't seen that one. Oh, it's there's a there's a movie, and Winstone's literally like. He can't be. He can't be older than twenty-two or something in that movie, and he's the absolute most violent person you'll ever see in your life. That's what I'm saying. I think it comes from a place inside his real self. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> you know, there's plenty to watch. If you go back, if you go on IMDb and look at Ray Winstone's list, 
Just yeah, look at those let, early movies he made. Yeah, don't let Indiana Jones and Fool's Gold make you think no, this, Stone is just... This guy's an actor, and what I said to you when I was watching the movie, these roles he's doing now, he's getting the money, money isn't money, he? Money, Th- those roles he did money, in the past money. probably didn't give him much money, but they gave him they give the respect from me as an actor. Right. But you can't fault him, can you? Just get some, you know... I agree. Fall in and get some money. Uh, and another person, English, John Hurt... Yeah. Plays Professor Harold Ox- Oxley. Personally, I think it's the best performance in the movie. If you're going to actually examine them all. Because yeah. he's playing like a, like he's lost his mind. And it's really good. Yeah, it's funny. What, what did a, I like, like the line that Indy says to him about, you're not normally this interesting. Yeah, he said, I meet back in whatever university and you were never this interesting. Yeah, and he's okay. like, they keep, and he said, uh, he just said things that were funny. Yeah, like moved his arms around and did <laughs> funny. Yeah, so John Hurt, you good. know. He's class, you know. Everybody remembers him from the uh, chest-bursting scene in Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, he's can't, good. Can't beat him, he's good. Uh, then we, I added a couple of the... Well, I added this guy, Igor... And I can't say his second name, so I won't. As Deve- Dovchenko. Dovchenko. Russian. Russian guy. Big dude. I liked him. I thought he did a fine job. Yeah, fun. Kind of like a... Uh, not the extra... Not like a hulky, kind of Russian bad guy, but just, you no. know... And, um... Functional. Finally, uh, Jim Broadbent as <laughs> Dean Charles Stanforth. Now, this was just kind of like... At the beginning of the movie... I don't think this is spoiling, because it isn't, because the rest of the movie continues, that they kill off two of our favourite characters right. right at the beginning. And well, they don't kill them off. They're already dead. That's what I'm saying. They killed them off. We don't know they're dead until that point. Right. So, Sean Connery, Indiana Jones's dad, kicked a, the bucket at some point. A in between on the, the desk. In between three and four, the bucket was kicked. <laughs> yes. And I always forget his name. I know. The, the guy, the professor guy. The other professor guy, who my, his name will come to me. And he was great. He actually died. Yeah, he did. The actor guy. So, they kicked his bucket too and replaced him with Jim Broadbent, which was great. A great... Sure. I mean, he's not the same guy. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, he's not playing the same character. He's just, he's the new um, dean of the school or whatever. Dean Charles Stanford. And And it's brief, but he's got got that authority thing about him, yeah. He's real good. And uh, what was the the movie where he was looking after the lady? So good. Looking after the lady. I don't remember. Iris, or... Is it yes, Iris? That's Brilliant. It. Yes, that's good. And that there's a there's one if you want to see him do his do his thing because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is really good. Um, now this movie is directed by Steven Spielberg. Have you heard of that guy? Mm. <clears throat> he did that one about a fish once. Yeah, old guy. He's all right. He does yeah. this a lot. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> he I mean, what can about, you really I'm say? I'm putting about my palms together and putting my fingertips under my chin, and he talks like he's got very important things to say. And he has. <laughs> He doesn't. He's just so, a guy. So, not a lot we can say that hasn't been said yeah, about Yeah, there's nothing Steven special Spielberg. about the direction of this movie. There's nothing special about it except that it looks like it belongs in but the series. What, but what we said earlier about Steven Spielberg being a, a chameleon of sorts, can fit himself to any any type of film. I, it's like he picks up a think, new idea and then he goes with that. I don't think there's any type of film he couldn't make. And he doesn't feel the need to stamp it with some sort of voice like a lot of people. You know, Paul Thomas Anderson, Kevin Smith, that we refer to these people a lot. People like that who are Scorsese. These are people who they, as a person, are poured into their movies, kind of. And Spielberg is more like, here's an idea, I want to make this movie, and it's a whole separate thing. Yeah, that's what I think. 
apart from some. The quality's always there, though. Always, yeah. always, always. Yeah, totally. And if he's making a super commercial film like this or something small and lowbrow, they both come off just as good. Totally. Um, moving on to what we what do you think cover? We're looking we're looking at the cover of the Blu-ray disc. It's one of those nice. Um, it's totally fine with me. It's Indiana Jones. It's just got him featured in the middle, and he's aged, and that's fine. Yeah, it's going. exactly like the. Movie I'm glad poster. they didn't muddy it up with a bunch of other characters' heads and shit like that because it's, it's in fact it's perfect. You, you could see that they they probably would Photoshop people in these. Yeah, areas and I'm glad and, they and it would look horrible. So it's fine. So it's fine. Yeah, and um, I must say that the Blu-ray disc is very good. Picture quality is really good. In fact, one of the things I was, as I was watching it, there isn't, there isn't one part that looks bad. Even like the dark scenes look good. It's like, mm-hmm. um, after last week's mm-hmm. for, forgetting Sarah Marshall, which we forgot about that picture transfer, didn't we? We forgot about. <laughs> I was like, oh. no anyway, after seeing that, which was a literally a bad Blu-ray transfer, this one is. They pulled out the stops. Plus, it's THX certified, so. If you can't. Yeah, it's good. Sounds good. And it was better than we saw it theatrically, that's yes. for sure. We don't have hairs in our digital projector. And we don't have... <laughs> we don't have that... Gritty, grainy stuff going on. That, that, on the I don't know, it just looks shagged up to me. The curtains aren't a couple feet pulled in when they're not supposed to be, and there isn't a tear down in the screen like there is in our stupid... But anyway, I totally recommend the Blu-ray disc for this movie, because it is the kind of movie that shows off HD... You know, it, it it is. It's a it's a loud, action-packed movie. Always something interesting yeah. to look at and listen to. Um, so moving on to... It's a two-disc Blu-ray. And it features, obviously, the feature film on disc one. Yes. And then a couple, there's some extras on disc one. Uh, the pre-production featurette, which we watched. Yeah, um, that's all right. Talking heads. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. It's like set up all the other features, pretty yeah. much, I thought. And kind then of a love fest too. Everybody loves working with each other. We got a lot. But we of that. find that is just true in Hollywood and and DVD extras in general, right? But it does have the main guys and in in new interviews. So it's got Ford, it's got Blanchett, it's got Spielberg, it's got Lucas. So that's a good thing. And then there is the Indiana Jones timelines, which I thought was really well done. It's like three timelines, and they're in the Blu-ray Java format. So it's like looking at a web page, essentially. And you can scroll the timelines along. And one of them's a timeline of how the movie was came about and was made. All the different dates and facts. There's a lot of reading involved. Yeah, it's cool. One's history of... Like, loose, like the history of the movie, but loosely. Cause you mean it's the history of the world as told by as, the movies. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. And then one is a, pre, a production timeline. Uh, they're all three interesting because, in fact, while you was, well, when the, the movie toilet. ended, you went to do some stuff. I sat and read them all, <laughs> just sat and read them, and I thought they were they were really interesting. It is a good thing. Um, and then there's the three trailers for this movie in HD, which I still don't think is an extra. But no, there. but you could go in there and see if I'm right or wrong about yeah. what's in the trailer. And then there's the Return of a Legend featurette, which. This is all on the first disc. The Return of Legend featurette is Spielberg, Lucas, Harrison, all talking about how they're going to bring him back. Yeah. Before the fact, I guess. Um, then moving on to disc two, there's a huge... It's an hour and 20 minutes long. We watched the whole thing, actually. And it's called Production Diary, Making Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And it's it's 
They're like segmented into different little segments, but we just watch the entire thing. You can do the play off, right. and it lasts about an hour and twenty. And it just has different ones like um, exploring Akatar, shooting begins in New Mexico, back to school, and each one. Tells- like Akatar is the mythical city, and back to school is when they shot at the university and stuff and, like that. And uh, on the set, yeah. And I'm, what I, all I can say is, it's not. You fly on the wall documentary, even though it kind of is, but it's not rough. It's very produced. Yeah, it's a produced documentary. We'll but say. it's actually really good, and everybody talks about everything. Yep. Um, and I can't think of one thing after it had ended that I needed to. I like agree. I felt like I knew everything. I agreed. Like I'd seen every scene and how it was done. Because afterwards, when you said, "Oh, there's no commentary," and I said, "Well, I think they've said everything they have to say." Yeah, Because exactly. you feel like you've got the whole picture there. So that production diary is worth watching in itself. And like the Iron Man documentary we talked about the other week on the Iron Man Blu-ray, it's as it's as good as that, but more produced. Yeah. Because that one wasn't. That one was just stitched together. This one it actually has title cards and. Yeah. Very polished talking heads. I also want to mention that every extra on the Blu-ray is in HD. There's no switching to standard definition at any point. And it's full widescreen, not just which the is cool. Skinny I, widescreen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The movie's in um, scope, but skinny widescreen. Yeah, as we like, as wives might like to say. I don't know. Or as we like to say, <laughs> scoped. You know. Um, so then there's several other featurettes. There are varying lengths, some being 30 minutes, some being 4 minutes, but there's a lot of them. There's Warrior Makeup, which covers... Warrior Makeup. There's The Crystal Skulls, which... Crystal Skulls. Which actually is really interesting, because those skulls look amazing on screen. I think they're one of the best parts of the movie, the skulls. Yeah. They just look, when they're on the screen, I just want... It's like I want to hold that thing. <laughs> you know, in high definition, too, because you can see everything. Yeah. I just want to, like, check one of those out. and I didn't find it that interesting. I really did, and it kind of seems like it lights up, and it does when you, well, you'll find out in the extras. So then there's Iconic Props, which is a, uh extra about the hat, the whip, the jacket, etc. The skull. The, the guy who's responsible for all that yeah. presents it to you, so it's pretty interesting. And he takes you around his... Um, what do you call warehouse? it? Like, warehouse. Warehouse where all the props end up, like after the movies, and there's all kinds. Of, the the you see the swords that she uses, and then there is Adventures in Post Production, which was the last thing we actually watched, even though it's not the last thing on the disc. But that one tells you about. Interestingly enough, Spielberg is one of the only people to not use digital uh, editing. He, right. Edits with the the actual negative on a splicing machine, which is so interesting in this day and age, right? It is, but she also said he within a week and a half after the they're done filming, he's done. He'll editing. cut it, and that, that is ready, like yeah. But he anyway. must do it in his mind as he goes along as well. But I have a feeling he's very economical and doesn't shoot a lot more than he absolutely wants. So one thing from watching all these extras. I kind of can see about Steven Spielberg is he's just no bullshit. He's just like, <laughs> okay, everybody, are we doing this? Okay, print it. Yeah. It's not like, let's One do that take. 20 times. Good job. Let's, yeah. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> and it seemed to me, and the actual, this being a huge production, the actual number of days was not many at all. Like, 35. Yeah. So, and like we said last, say, the forgetting Sarah Marshall was more, 55. and that was just a little comedy. I pay attention to these things. 55 days for a, 
romantic comedy. Yeah, and this being huge in scale yeah. and scope and everything. It, well, but more. And they both went to Hawaii, so it wasn't like traveling was an issue. Yeah, this was filmed in Hawaii. Um, then we've got the effects of Indy, which is a long. It's quite long, actually. It's about 35 minutes. It goes into every special effect. Because these other documentaries don't cover the special effects. In fact, the the whole 120, the hour and 20 documentary doesn't cover anything. In, it just covers on the set. Right, yeah. Anything practical it covers. But th- this one covers digital stuff. Did you find that interesting? Kind of. I think I'm a little bit... I've I've lost interest because I feel like I've seen the guy sitting at the computer doing the cat motion capture or doing the 3D model and then turning it into a... You know what I mean? I don't know what else I can learn I liked, about that. I really like the... If I were to see something on a movie that I was like, holy crap, how did they do that? But I can't imagine that anymore because it's... You know, so I'm not that interested. Well, I like the fact that, um, like, it's like a little insight that they could take their computer with the program on it to Steven Spielberg when they were doing the Crystal Skull, for instance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then just, like, this is how, like, modern technology can really help and save time on stuff. They they took the entire program to him, said, here's the skull that we've created. And he's like, oh, I think I like it, but I'd prefer it if the eyes were pushed in. Well, they just opened the program, pushed the eyes in, and... And then all they do is send that out as a 3D model to their modeling department and they make it into a 3D but, live model. But to be able to just that take... Part, that part I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. I'm more interested in seeing them pour the molds and make the sculptures and poke the little hairs on every chin of every mask or head or whatever they're making than I am on the CG or the computer side. But, yeah, and I thought that... You know, just that something like that must be such a time saver to be able to come up to the oh, yeah. director with it. So then there's um, the effects of indie was that one? Yeah, closing team indie. Which mm-hmm. what did we say that was? Credits, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's credits. Well, not really credits, but like just a Spielberg giving a nod to everybody we work with. Yeah, and it's kind of like he has the same crew every time. And this is, he was basically like this will be the last indie film. Right. There's no, you can tell that they've no. This is it, pretty much. I mean, Harrison's... Let's hope. Well, I think it is, and I think they know that. And this that was like a tribute to everybody who, over the years... Right. Some people met on the set and ended up getting married, so all including... The, yeah. Including Stephen. True. You know? Number two. Um, so, then there's the pre-visualization sequences, which are all in HD. There's three of them. One's the Area 51 escape, one's the jungle chase, and one's the ants attack. And it's just the previs. We've seen previs digital a billion times. Yeah, digital Yeah, not finished. Look kind of yeah. like video games. Um, you can watch them if you like. And then there is art galleries, the art department, uh, Stan Winston Studio Galleries, production photographs, behind-the-scenes photographs and portraits, mm-hmm. all in high definition, all cool to look at. Um, pretty much a packed disc, two-disc set. Um, what would you give the disc overall? I, I actually really enjoyed it. The second disc. I thought it was... Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think. It's um. For me, it's a buy. I mean... How much is it? uh, Don't know. $12? If it's $12, it's a good bargain. (laughs) If it's $20, that's totally reasonable. Because, come on. How much more money do they need, Right. They don't need to charge thirty dollars for for a. Well, it's Paramount, so it'll be thirty. But on Amazon, you can probably get it well cheap. 
You know, everything's cheaper on Amazon. Six dollars? <laughs> it, it's one of those things. If you have the other indie movies, you're going to want to add it to your collection regardless. Or tell everybody you want it for Christmas. Or and while we're at this point, I just want to say it's, it's a twenty six ninety five on Blu-ray um, and twenty two ninety nine on DVD. Hmm. For me, it's a must-buy. I just want to mention something here and something that's really fun during the extras. All the extras are in HD, like I said earlier. But there's some clips from the old movies that are in full HD, and it made me, like, I was like... What, your pants? Well, I was just looking, and they looked as good as this movie did. Yeah, they, they did. absolutely pristine. I was looking, I'm thinking, okay, so you've got HD clips of the original trilogy... <laughs> is it is it coming out at some point? Obviously it is, but when? Yeah, because you know? we just watched the other three. We just got the D- the DVD release came out just before this movie did. Right. Um, but there's going to be... That's a little clue to Are me. you saying in the future there's going to be another big movie weekend for us, like the Godfather weekend? I would we s- watch them all in a row? We watched all of them <laughs> in a row on after the show episode, yep. what, 20, 22 or something. What I'm saying is... This is a trilogy that should be on... We can have all four of them. Obviously, they've done it, so... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those clips are kind of a little clue. I know what's going to happen. Next year, Christmas time, there'll be a box set. In the shape of George Lucas's head. Yep, with actual (laughs) hair. With all of them stuck up in his his neck. (laughs) With a little plaid shirt. (laughs) No, that's the style. It'd be like those little Barbie-style heads. You know, you probably don't know. You could get a Barbie head that was about, like, the size of a head, maybe a little bit smaller, and you could style her hair. <laughs> so it'd be like a George Barbie yes. head. You, can, probab- you can probably buy that. That's funny. The George Lucas story. No, but no, that w- it would actually be in Steven's head, wouldn't it? Indiana Jones. I think it came from Lucas's head, though. Come on. But it came out of Steven. But, yeah. Um, Overall, I say, get it. Twenty six ninety nine nine twenty six ninety five for the Blu ray and about twenty three for the DVD. So the little bit extra for the pristine. I mean, it, and it really does. It's definitely one that. It's looks not a little bit extra if you don't have a Blu ray player. Okay. Well, then you wouldn't be on the looking for it. Would you? That's what I'm saying. I mean, what are you saying that people would go out and buy the Blu ray player and the disc just to watch this movie? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot extra. Yeah. So <laughs> that's um, Indiana Jones, and uh, you can also buy the. Um, original trilogy on DVD which we got just recently we we reviewed back yeah. you just have a look back in our archives and you'll see the full review of all the older movies and we did we did make fun of the second one a yeah. little bit just like we made fun of Godfather 3 <laughs> I don't think we were right to make fun of those so moving on I say definitely buy that one and you say I agree and you're not and so, I'm not a buyer but yeah. I think it's one of those that I, we will watch it again, and it makes it more worth the money. Yeah. So, and let me say, next week's uh, DVD, next week's after the show, which will be episode forty, will be on. Good will not be on Saturday. It will be on Sunday as usual, and it will be the Incredible Hulk. Excellent. Not Ang Lee's The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk two thousand and eight. Excellent. Starring Edward Norton and Liv Tyler. So. Uh, Mark that on your calendars for next time. So, we've got a contest. You are. And it's the last week of this contest, so can you... Um, I can. It's going to in? be um, season... Which season is it? Three of My Name is Earl. And you can win this lovely season of My Name is Earl <laughs> by sending an email 
What the answer to this question? You sound really confused. Name I'm tired. <laughs> I've been up since like three. I've been up twenty four hours, so I'm a little tired, but I'm holding it together. Um, only just. Only just barely. No. Okay. Did I catch you sleeping during some of the extras of Indiana Jones? Can we just bring that up? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> In a dark room when I'm laid back covered with a blanket and I've been up 20 hours? No, of course I wasn't I will, dozing. I will, I'll say that you didn't sleep during the movie. No, of at course all. not. But I, I was watching the extras and I did say, <laughs> oh, that's really cool. And I looked at you and your eyes were shut. And, and what I do? I said, yeah. I said, uh, did, what do you think of that? And you said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you was like confused. I said, are you asleep? And you went, no. <laughs> well, I, was, I wasn't. You woke me up. So of course it wasn't. Okay. But anyway, um, the listeners, I, I did actually watch all that, so I was qualified to talk. I watched it. <laughs> I w- absorbed it. How's that sound? I absorbed it. Um, the question is, the big question of the day, or the thing of the day, is name two movies Jason Lee's been in. Send that answer to acecolia.com. Uh, is the answer Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull <laughs> and the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> no. Okay. You uh, do not win a copy of <laughs> My Name is Earl, Season 3. So, name two movies Jason Lee's been in. Send an email to acecoley at acecoley.com with Jason Lee in the subject line. And that's it. You might be able to win a copy. Correct. Moving on to games and acecoley stuff, as we like to call it. I don't, I don't like to call it that, but that's what it says. Um, Change it. You're the man with the games, power. Games. This week, there's some games coming out. Yes. Next week, Tuesday, this week, coming up. Saints Row 2 is coming out. Don't ask for my opinion. Not played it yet, so... I've only ever seen little clips, and I think, ugh. No, I I really like Grand Theft Auto-style games, so this one, while it is a little bit sleazy, I agree. It's more of a kind of... Sleazy. Yeah, it's all, you know, rappers and thugs and street punks, as Mm. you would say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was playing the original Saints Row the other day and you said, what's this game? It's just street punks. (laughs) 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 I I can get into games. I don't care Mm. about violence and blood and cussing and swearing and sex and nudity. I don't care about any of that. But sometimes it's just low class and it's like, come on. You 20-year-old boys need to stop designing games and let some men do it. (laughs) Anyway, this, this week on Tuesday, well, we're leading up to like, I was saying to yesterday, huge, it's... You know, almost Christmas time, so all the games come out. It's not even Halloween, for God's well, sake. So this week, on Tuesday, we have Saints Row 2 coming out for the 360 and the PS3. We have Dead Space, which I'm really looking forward to. In fact, probably more than Saints Row. Let me just ask you, is that your outlook, that you have little reminders of games coming out? Yeah. Is that what you're looking at? Well, I have to write notes for this show. <laughs> so, um, That's very organized. Uh, Dead Space is uh, out on Tuesday, which I'm looking forward to more than Saints Row, actually. It's like a survival horror game. Mm. The first survival horror game that EA have made. It's a big budget one. You're trapped on a space station. Something happens. It's I like in the, survival It's horror. in the vein of Resident Evil, but kind of in space. So it, to me, and it, to me, it looks really good. So we'll, we'll interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Um... And then there's FIFA 09, if you're into football. I'm not particularly... Soccer? Yeah. I'm not particularly, but, you know, who knows. Um, And then finally, Rock Revolution, which is Konami. Konami's version of Guitar Hero, our rock band. It's all cover versions. Mm. I wouldn't have bothered if I was them. No. I don't 
I, I, were I they trying to jump on the tail end of that market? It's all cover versions, say? like <laughs> like no original tunes. None. I mean, yeah, they might. I of the Tiger might be in there, but it's not by Survivor. Not by the band, right? Yeah. So you know, kind of like in the past, Guitar Hero would have some cover versions. Well, this one's going the whole hog and having all cover versions. Hey, if that's your market, if that's the, what you like. So what's next? Pub Singer Revolution. <laughs> How long have you been brewing that one up? Just now. That's a good one. And then. The week after is insane for games. I'm not going to mention them now, but there's at least four or five that I want to be playing. So we'll mention them next weekend. I also want to mention uh, Tiger Woods 09, which I've been playing recently a lot on the 360. Uh, I just want to say to EA, if they're listening, they probably are. Probably. Why does it freeze up all the time? What's that all about? Uh, What are those stupid ads for? Yeah, yeah, they put like a patch on the game like about a week after it came out. Uh, it did like an auto-update thing. And then when I was playing games, I kept saying to you, this hole is brought to you by, who was it? Uh, we won't Charles say. Charles Swab. Something. Yeah, yeah. Swab, Swabby something. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> and since those ads were placed into the game, whatever they did in the patch, well, I, the other night I did a really hard challenge, finished it, won, and then Aww. it froze up completely. And now it's not my 360 because other games are fine. This one just freezes up. So, and then and I went your, your friend also had the same problem. Yeah, my friend had the same problem. I also went online, and everybody has the same problem. So I can't believe a game such as Tiger Nine, a huge franchise that's been going for years, is messed up. Because they're greedy fuckers. That's what you want to say about it. Because they had to stick something in there to get y'all brainwashed to buy more stuff. Well, whatever, whatever happens, they need to fix it. Uh, and I just want to... The final thing is Gears of War 2 has gone gold. So uh, that will be out on November the 7th. That means I'll lose you for another week or so. That's your birthday. So your birthday... That is my birthday. Your birthday. That, oh, and uh, as you reminded me, that's what I got last year for my birthday, was to buy you Gears of War. That was the year before. It was. <laughs> they only come out every two years. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's games. And there's lots of games coming out and it's going to be crazy. Um, and the thing, well, we just finished the beta for. Little yeah, Big we War. we talked a lot yeah. about Little Big Planet. I'm just saying last it's week. finished. But yeah, the beta's over now. I really liked it, and the full version's coming out in about two weeks. So I will jump on that one. Um, anything with you this week? No, nothing really. I haven't done anything. I've got what's for supper. What's for supper tonight is beef stew stuff. Nice beef stewish. And we just mentioned again that in the crock pot. Beef, mushroom soup, onions, peppers, some Lipton onion soup mix, and uh, some potatoes. And we'll mention about the reason you're getting this podcast early this week and you're super sleepy (laughs) is... I'm going to family reunion. Tomorrow. And so last night I worked all night and we decided to stay up today so I can sleep in the night and go and not be tired. So let's put it this way. You, on Friday... Afternoon at 3 p.m. woke up and you work nights. So you got up at 3 p.m. Friday <laughs> afternoon. It is now 3.20 on Saturday afternoon. Ah. You're still awake. Not been to bed yet. Arguably. <laughs> You've worked for 12 hours and watched uh, two, three, four, probably five hours worth of movie. And cooked dinner. And we've done a podcast. And cooked dinner. So if you seem a bit off this week... I'm a damn good wife. That could be it. I'm not off. You think I'm off. Right in. And in the subject line, but what's wrong with Sid Doc? <laughs> why you was think she, I'm acting like a Why weirdo. was she asleep during the extras? 
<laughs> you never had to nudge me. Not once. Not once. Did I didn't you? nudge you. I just said, hey. <laughs> no, during this like, podcast. <laughs> no, not during the podcast. <laughs> during this podcast. There was, one section, there was one section of the podcast where I said something and you went, yeah. And just looked at me like... No, I was thinking. I said, I'm thinking about what things we could say without spoiling it. And then you go, fine, we'll just I think spoil you're it. A, I think your think process is slower <laughs> when you're tired. <laughs> and I've stopped drinking caffeine for the last three weeks, so that could make a person crazy. And uh, these were things... I'm not fully just stopped drinking it, but no more soda. I'm drinking water, which is... Ugh. So, you know, in the past, when anyway, I've for 24 hours, I've had caffeine. Let's get out of it so you can, okay. go, so you can go to bed. And... Um, Everybody's going to Thanks get for the, having me. And everybody's going to get the podcast early this week. And uh, I just want to remind you about the websites. We've got SidTalk.com and AceGully.com. Should be the other way around. <laughs> I don't know why they're on that. We've got AceGully.com, which is the home of this podcast. And then we've got SidTalk.com, which is the home of... I think we all know why SidTalk is first. Yeah, I do too. I think I'm going to change that um, This is after the show podcast, and we're available on iTunes... <laughs> You're like Ron Burgundy. You'll read anything that's on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is after the show podcast. And is it after the show? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I was going to say, do we refer to ourselves as a podcast? But yes, we do. We are a podcast. Yeah. Um, so we're available on iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace. We've got an RSS feed on com. You can also listen to the podcast directly on the page com. Just go there and click on the link podcast in the top corner. Well, not the top corner, the top navigation. Yeah. Um, you can email feedback to com, or you can leave feedback on the site. If you're a spammer, go away. And you can email SidTalk at SidTalk at com. And I just want to say, stay classy, uh, Harrison Ford. That's definitely your last time as Indy. <laughs> I'm going to say, people think for yourself... <laughs> or somebody's gonna do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>